Sales win rates have plummeted to a mere 17%, and outdated technology and tedious manual processes are to blame. Meanwhile, managers lack the visibility they need to hold their teams accountable. But imagine a world in which these crippling issues are solved automatically. Revenue.io automates the most frustrating parts of sales so reps can focus on what they do best, selling. Completely automate pre-call research, logging conversation data in your CRM, writing post-conversation recap emails, and prioritized outreach. And as reps book more meetings and close more deals, managers gain the real-time insight they need to scale what's working across their entire team. Ready to say goodbye to tedious sales processes and watch your win rate soar? Head over to Revenue.io to learn more. Hi, this is Andy. I have a special offer for loyal listeners of Accelerate. It's a no-obligation, free trial of my zero-time selling interactive online training. Now, I've worked with thousands of sales reps to teach them how to use my zero-time selling to boost their productivity and transform the results. And so if you want to learn the same proven strategies to help you open more doors, have more effective sales conversations with prospects, and close more orders, then my zero-time selling interactive training system is a fit for you. It's incredibly simple to start. Just take out your smartphone and text the word TRUST, that's T-R-U-S-T, to 96000. Now, do you have your phone ready? Send a text to 96000. That's a nine and a six followed by three zeros. Now, enter the single word message trust and hit send and you hear right back from me with instructions on how to sign up for your free trial on my zero time selling interactive training i look forward to seeing you there it's time to accelerate hi i'm your host andy paul join me as i host conversations with the leading experts in sales marketing sales automation sales process leadership management training coaching any resource that i believe to help you Accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. I am excited to be joined, as always, on Friday by my guest, Bridget Gleason. Bridget, how are you today? I'm doing great, Andy. How are you? Good. Trying to stay warm back here in New York. Well, I'm always curious to hear where you are at what point in time. So you've definitely <laughs> gone to the big chill. We've gone to the Not the Big Apple today. It is the big chill. So... Yeah, thank goodness you're not long, no longer living in Boston, right? Not right now, although I love Boston. But at this time of year, right now, I'm happy to be safely, warmly here in California. In California, yeah, yeah. Well, I said we just saw each other right yesterday, the day before in California. Yeah, unfortunately, I had to, I had to come back. So, well, hey, I, today I want to really follow up on a. As I mentioned, we just seen each other. We just been at this uh, conference called Saster. Uh, which is all about uh, software as a service sales and how companies in the SaaS business or SaaS companies uh, quickly scale and grow their revenues. And I want to talk about some of the topics that we're talking about really in a panel discussion that you were on and a couple other panels that I saw. So, and this topic was, and we've talked about now in past weeks, we've talked about the role of the SDR and how that's evolving. We talked uh, real recently about account executives. So now I thought we'd talk about account management because, again, as we talk about the further specialization of the sales role and the revenue generation roles, account management has a very specific uh, place that's that's different than what maybe people are accustomed to think about in terms of account management. So uh, let's talk about this. So what is the account management role these days in 
sort of, let's say, the revenue chain since they don't necessarily even report to sales? Yeah, and that depends. That depends on the org. In the case of Sumo Logic here, they do report into sales. They report into me. So at, at Sumo Logic, and this is, I think, similar to a lot of other places, Andy, talking about the specialization. So at the the early part of the sales cycle, you've got the BDR or SDR that helps set the appointments, get into the account. Then you've got the the hunters or the closers, the ones that are good at shepherding a sale from initial interest to actually uh, closing the deal. But then post-sale, it often takes a different skill set to effectively, uh, for lack of a better word, farm the account. And in the case of Sumo Logic, there's a lot that can be done to uh, maintain the customer, make sure that they're using the product, that they're not having issues with the product. In a SaaS world, features are not released once a year or you don't have to buy the latest update. They're, they're often continually released. And the issue with that is that sometimes your your customers aren't even familiar with, with all the new bells and whistles that may come out that may uh, really benefit the, their particular workflow. So account management is is focused on proactive uh, outreach to existing customers to make sure they're getting the most out of the product and that they're happy and really the responsibility to decrease churn. Churn is a super important metric in a SaaS company. Mm-hmm. And, off, and and so when you think about it, they are in in our in our case they are not they are revenue generating and they also are revenue maintaining. So making sure that they get renewals, but there's also, they've got a quota for upselling and also for, for uh, cross-selling within the organization. All right. So we're going to sort of break that down a little bit here. So if, again, for people who are listening that aren't familiar with what the term software as a service is, is that you know, in the past where you know enter large enterprises or enterprises of any size used to buy software, you'd license it, sort of bulk form now tends to be sold as a subscription service on sort of a per user or it could be an enterprise basis I guess somewhat as well but this role that you talked about of, of preventing churn is really as you said really comes to the fore when you're selling your service or selling your software as a subscription because if it lapses right. people go away right and and oftentimes these are monthly subscriptions so people can cancel at any time they're not locked into big contracts there's less opportunity for vendor lock-in, which is great for the consumer. It's actually great for uh, the company as well, the vendor, because it forces it, it forces them to uh, maintain good customer service, to maintain a high quality of product. It, it really forces the company and the vendor to focus on the right things as well. Okay. So getting back then to the account manager is... Uh, gosh, I guess when they get started, so the handover happens, I guess, pretty much as soon as the order takes place, is then an account manager is introduced to the account. And how are they positioned with the customer? So, first of all, the account is not always transitioned right away. It depends. At Sumo Logic, we don't transition it right away. We, we do it now at the six-month mark. And the reason for that is, and, and different companies have different... Uh, time frames when they when they pass the the 
uh, the account over from the closer to the account management team. Some, Andy, do it right away. We wait because we have a land and expand model. And so oftentimes the customer will get small, get started with a very small, almost like a paid trial. Mm-hmm. And so this allows a sales rep to spend that six months with the customer, getting them up to sort of a level that makes sense for them. We have a usage-based uh, model. Mm-hmm. So we typically... Ideally, you introduce the concept of an account manager right away. It's in it's in the best interest of the customer, at and prospect before the sale is done, to know that once it's once they do become a customer, that they are going to have a special a team that's dedicated or an individual that's dedicated to them as a customer, and they they don't have to feel this this pressure or the sense that. Okay, I keep having the sales rep. Well, what do sales reps want? All they want is more. They want more. They want more money from us. And there's something also psychologically um, better, I think, for a customer to know. Okay, here's an account manager that just wants to make sure that I've got uh, the best experience with the product or services that I've bought. And some people call it account management. Some call it customer success. Some call it customer happiness lots of different titles for the same thing, but it's basically an emphasis on the the sale is not the sale isn't done when the customer signs the order form. It's actually just beginning because then there's also work to keep them as a customer. And it's that recognition in a SaaS company that you've got to continue to nurture the customer if you don't want them to churn after X period of time. Yeah, and if you want them to become a referenceable account, and, precisely. Yeah, you know, talk to their peers and their colleagues about it, and word of mouth marketing and so on. Now, to a point you're just making is, is again, the sense is that with further specialization within the sales roles, that that sometimes you said sometimes account management is in customer success, but in your case, the account management reports into sales, not into customer success. So, what's the choice that you guys made about that? Yeah, so uh, just to muddy the water a teeny tiny bit sure. more. Sure, let's do uh, it. We also have, so we have a customer account management team, which reports into me. We have a customer success team. And again, we're, we're talking about the titles are all muddied. That's actually, it's, it's really a support function. Mm-hmm. So the support function here doesn't report into me. In other in other organizations, it has reported into me. So again, it it just depends on where you want to draw the line. So where we see the difference at Sumo Logic is the account management team does have a renewal and an upsell um, quota component that they're responsible for. What we call customer success, which is really let's call it customer support, to make it clearer. Customer support is very reactive. It's when there are issues maybe with a product or a bug or they're having difficulty with um, just usage. It's very reactive. It's what you would see as a traditional support function. Customer success or support and the account management team work very, very closely. They're, they're, They're very tied. The support function, though, doesn't have a doesn't have quota associated with it. And I think that's the big difference and and the reason that they don't report 
uh, directly into uh, sales or the revenue side. Uh, but you said it's, it's really a choice for you guys because there are companies where that function does reside within customer success, right? And there is definitely quota assignment and quota responsibility for the upsell, cross-sell within customer success. Correct. And I don't, um, there's not a right or wrong in it. It's, uh, it, again, in a SaaS business, it's so important that all the different functions are very tightly aligned. So for me, I don't get very hung up on where these uh, positions or departments, who they report into, because really we all have to work together cross-functionally for the benefit of the customer. And if we continue to focus on the customer and to make sure that they have a great experience, we're going to get good word of mouth, we're going to get low churn, we're going to get great retention, we're going to get good references. Our sales will increase. We'll get good product feedback. So we all have to work for the benefit of a great customer experience. So in some ways, it doesn't really matter where it sits as long as we're all aligned in this single agenda, you know, to make sure we give a really excellent customer experience all from product all the way through to sales and support and billing and finance and all of that has to work very closely together. Right. So how does a, in your situations, how does the account manager go about the role? I mean, they are in the customer's eyes, they are sumo logic, right? So, you know, how do they, how do they communicate with the customer? How do they work with the customer to, um, you know, expand the base of contacts within the, the customer organization to understand where the future needs and requirements will come be opportunities for upsell and cross-sell you know how do you structure that i mean how structured is that i guess is maybe the question uh, in terms of you know regular meetings with the customer or regular you know virtual meetings with the customer tell us a little bit about how it works for you guys yeah it's uh it's a good question and every company probably does it maybe a little bit differently but one of the advantages andy of a SaaS business is oftentimes you have visibility into a customer's uh, usage and if they're using the product or not and which features or not. So in the case of Sumo Logic, we can see that. We can see who's using it, who the power users are. We can see when usage increases and dips. We can see which features get used and which ones don't. And so our, our account management team monitors that very closely. And there are great tools out there. One that we use here is Gainsight mm-hmm. that can also help you see where the anomalies are and give you alerts for, hey, something's going on here. Anomalies just... meaning something bad going on with the usage or the usage dropping or anomaly in a positive sense? It could be anomaly either way. So it could be anomaly in, wow, they just signed up 10 more users on this particular account or an anomaly that, hey, usage has dropped off, nobody's used it, nobody's using your product. Or you've got one that your power user is, is, is that account was just deleted, they're probably gone from the company. You know, so you can see a lot in it. And, and again, it's, it, it's seeing what's happening in context. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of these tools, tools can help with. And that can alert an account manager to something's going on, either positive or negative, and give them a reason to reach out, a way to be helpful, a way to add value, a way to say, hey, I've seen here that um, 
these last three scheduled searches that you did took longer than they should have. So for us, it's um, SumoLogic helps you, helps a company analyze all the log data that's being created by your application, your systems, et cetera, mm -hmm. and just create a better um, better experience for the customer, for, for just for the case of simplicity. So they may do searches on this log data to try to find out maybe where a problem occurred. So if a search takes a really long time to execute, oftentimes it's because the way they wrote the search was not as efficient as it could have been. So uh, an account manager may see this and say, hey, I've noticed that these searches that this one user is doing is they're taking much longer than they should, which would create a bad experience and give a user the impression that, God, Sumo Logic is slow, it takes too long, when really it could be a training issue. And they can go back and say, hey, if you did these couple of things, um, you're going to find out you're going to get your results almost immediately. And so they can work to create a better ex experience proactively. We're not as blind as we used to be in terms of how somebody may be using it or not. Pre-SAS, we had no visibility or very little visibility into how uh, uh, customers were using our product. Well, so, so now we see it. So who's the um, who's the counterpart then for the account manager that that they typically work with that owns the responsibility for let's say Sumo Logic in your case? I mean, do they, and do they have? Hey, we have weekly status meetings. You know, we get on top on the phone, we have to get on Skype, we get on Zoom or something, and we we have a meeting and you know we memorialize what happened and distribute the the document so everybody sort of understands what the status is at this point in time. I mean, how does that work? Are you talking, Andy, about who's the counterpart at the customer? Or yes, who's yes. Um, it, it depends. You can often, it, it could be whoever had owned the project in the meeting, I mean, in the beginning. So it really varies. It varies by company, but typically there's a champion there or somebody who owns a product or the department head or you, you have to, an account manager has to be a good um company mapper is not the right word, but really understand the organizational structure of the company so that they understand, okay, I've got 30 users. I know that these five are associated with Bob and these six are associated with Sarah and these eight are associated, that they know that that's the IT group, that's the security group, that's the DevOps group, and that they can sort of help map and understand, okay, if I do see an issue, Who's the right person for me to reach out to? So that's really the responsibility. And again, why it's a separate skill set. Do I want my hunters to be doing all of this mapping and proactive when it may not bring in a new account or a new logo, but it's so important that I keep this particular company and uh, happy and this account happy. And it's oftentimes non-trivial the work that goes into understanding what's going on and really staying on top of it to deliver that great customer experience. Yeah, and that's why I was sort of asking the question because I've been an account manager at, uh, quite a while ago in my in my past. But for you know, very large complex uh, systems that we're implementing for customers, and you know, we were very structured. I mean, with our relationship with the customer in terms of both implementation and customer satisfaction on one hand and on uncovering additional opportunities within the account on the other. So part of our structure for 
on the customer success, customer satisfaction part was, yeah, you know, every, every Monday or every Tuesday, you know, we had a, we had a meeting, you know, oftentimes virtual meeting, but we had a, a meeting and then, you know, periodically we'd be on site and have an on-site meeting where we'd have a checklist of things we'd run through. And it could be, in our case, sometimes was usage that we talked about or, you know, faults or failures, modes that had happened to come up and how we addressed them, were they resolved so that we really had our, um, fingers on the pulse of the customer in terms of satisfaction. And then on the other hand, expanding as you talk about, land and expand, get in, find the additional people to be potential exist, uh, additional users, excuse me, for the system that we are putting in place. And you know, how to also then did we encourage the increased usage of the system by the people that were, were you know, were existing users. So, but it was, it was pretty formalized. I was wondering how formalized you have that and how, how formalized you think it needs to be. Well, it's interesting to hear you tell the story. I think part of the reason, Andy, that yours needed to be formalized in every week is because it was very difficult for you to get feedback about what was happening in the account unless they told you. Mm -hmm. And so you needed that and they needed you to go tell them how it was being fixed. Well, we can do this real time. We see it. We don't need them to tell us for the most part. We can see a lot of it based on their usage. So it's it's as formalized as, I don't want to say it's as formalized as the customer wants it to be because there's a certain amount that we, uh, that we require. So our account management team, I know the manager there, who's an awesome, excellent manager, um, he has metrics regarding how often he wants the account managers to check in with accounts mm-hmm. and to get status updates and it's more it's at a minimum once a month but i think it also ba- it is based on what's happening in the account at every, any uh, given point in time some people andy they don't they want you to leave them alone unless there's an issue and so we've got people are they're they're busy they they want fewer on-site meetings they want shorter skype meetings so we try to respect that balance, but still um, encourage a regular cadence of conversation so that we just stay engaged with the account. Yeah, I think that's really important is that, that people, and part of the reason I'm bringing the question up is part of what I'm seeing when I, when I talk to companies, work with companies, is that they're relying almost exclusively on the data and not engaging the people behind it. And there's only, I mean, you can learn a lot from the data. Don't misunderstand me. But at some point, you have to talk to the people, right? Yeah, and and the data is really to give you, to give a, an account manager a reason to talk to them also and something valuable that they can offer and something that they can bring to the table. Exactly, exactly. As opposed to, and again, it's why the roles, it makes sense for them to be specialized. It's not that the sales team can't do it or doesn't have the experience to do it, but they're focused on other things. And will they give it the attention that is needed to have a meaningful interaction? And you've probably heard the term. We've we've talked about it a lot. We talked about it a lot here. We talked a lot about it when I was the VP of sales at Yesware. But the importance of bringing value to every interaction. Yes. And the data facilitates and enables that allows them to bring value to every interaction. I think that's, I I 100% agree with you, that data in and of itself, that's not enough. You still have to continue to engage 
engage people and have the human element behind it. Yeah, and as you said, the and that part of the reason I asked the question, so a leading question, is to to get to that point is that is that yeah, as you have this data, is as much as we have we've emphasized before in multiple conversations here, is on the show with you and I is that you have to bring value every time you interact with the prospect or the buyer before the sale. You have to do it after the sale for the same reasons that exist before the sale is they're busy. They've got lots to do. They have less time to give you, but you still need to get your job done. You still need to keep them happy. You still need to be able to upsell and cross sell and, and maximize your revenue opportunity within that, that, that account. Yeah, correct. hundred percent agree. All right. So in the last few minutes we have on this episode is talk about uh, the skill sets for account management. What are, what are you looking for? What's our background? Are you high hiring? Um, you know, tell us about that, where you recruit them from. So oftentimes they, they look a lot like a sales rep. So there's some qualities that I look for pretty consistently. It's self-motivated, very organized, disciplined, ambitious, smart. And you and I've talked about this a lot, not necessarily Ivy League school smart, but a very practical, uh, high emotional IQ smart also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, they have to have good attention to detail. They have to be good at good relationship building. There's also that piece of it, be very personable. They have to be persistent as well. Um, in our case, it we sell a technical product, so technical aptitude and curiosity is is very important just in any role really here at Sumologic. And I would say in general, I think having uh, curiosity and interest in good business acumen is a great is a great skill and important when just trying to piece together and understand the world that the customer lives in. Yeah, well, I think the it may in some regards almost be more important for the account manager because they almost more so than the the account exec really are looking at the the bigger picture, right? Because once the system's in there, they begin to they meet a broader range of people, broader spectrum of people and potential users within the account. Uh, probably have a better sense of the value the customers deriving from using your the actual value they're deriving from using your product or service. So it seems like yeah, the business acumen really becomes important. Yeah, I, I I agree. It's it's definitely it's definitely a big one, very high on the list. So, from a career arc, where do the account managers come from? Are you typically hiring people that were account managers, and then once they've come in and understand your organization's a little new, but you know where do you see them going after that role? You know, it can be pretty fluid. Um, I've seen account managers. I've I've seen salespeople go be account managers. And then I've seen account managers go back and be in sales. In fact, I heard it was it was a year or so ago. I don't know if they have the same structure, but at New Relic, uh, a woman that used to work for me went to New Relic, and she said on the teams, they swap around. And it may be one year you're on the hunting team, and then the next year you decide you want to go on the account management team. Then you may decide you want to go back on the hunting team that – there's, I've seen people go back and forth. I don't know that there is a strict career progression. Mm-hmm. Some people, some people prefer to be in the farming role, and that's where they want to stay. Um, 
they can come from more of a support function also and go into account management. Some account managers then maybe would pop over to uh, more of a support function or what they would call sometimes a technical account manager. Okay. So it, it depends on the organization, but it's, uh, it's a great... It's a great launching pad also for a lot of different uh, roles within an organization. Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I I always liked hiring account managers into sales management roles because they had, at least in, in my world where I came from, is they tend to have a little bit broader worldview. Yeah, true. I would say that's I would say that's definitely true. Okay. Well, good. Well, we sort of covered account management, so now. <laughs> We've done sales development reps. We've done account execs. We've done account managers. Uh, we'll have to pick on sales managers next, I think. Oh, good. Let's do that. <laughs> we'll work our way up the chain. We'll get to you eventually. Okay, good. I'm ready. I can't <laughs> wait. Let's have a third party come and do that one. That's true. We'll have to. We'll get a facilitator. All right. So, all right. Well, I want to thank everybody for having joined us again on another episode of Frontline Friday with my special guest every week, Bridget Gleason. And Bridget, we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Great. Everybody have a great Friday and weekend. All right. Talk to you very soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Hey, sales strategists. At Revenue.io, we're not just imagining the future of sales, we're building it. We offer the world's most complete platform for revenue teams, and we're featured in the most recent Forrester Waves for both sales engagement and conversation intelligence. With Revenue.io, you can slash call prep time to seconds, guide your reps in real time to have more successful conversations, and after calls, we generate ready-to-send recap emails so sellers can keep deals soaring toward the finish line at light speed. See the future of sales now at Revenue.io.